Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is June 9th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, I'm doing great. I um uh, I feel like we're getting so close to the US Open. Um I'm just uh I'm really excited. It's been the tournament I'm most looking forward to and you know, I think this week took a little a bit away from the buzz and uh that's a shame because um I think the thing that we've uh, learned this week a little bit is like the majors kind of stand on their own. I don't think that they are um, yeah. necessarily uh, un. You know, I don't think they're safe per se. Immune, yeah, completely immune or walled off. Yeah, but again, it's just a reiteration as the last two years have been that the PGA Tour is just it sucks. You know, just in general. <laughs> Uh, I'm excited. Next time I will see you, uh, next time podcast, we will be in person in Los Angeles area. Uh, I can't wait to get down there. Uh, this is a little, whatever, a four pod week. It was a big week, but we'll have the dailies next week from can, the U.S. Open that, that you've come to know and love since our, really our first major together. Can I tell Masters. a, can I tell a, a story of, uh, of, of, uh, a, not a humorous story, but a, a music story of, uh, of our house. <laughs> You can tell it, yeah, yeah. So pretty good. We, I, I booked. You're gonna house. give out the address, tell no. everybody to come by. On, yeah, I booked right. the, I booked this house um, months ago. Uh, I wanted to be on top of it. I wanted to be close. Like worst case, we could walk to the course. And you know, one of the things with the LA market is it seemed like they didn't even, they weren't even aware that the U.S. Open was happening. So, like you know, the market kind of a reverse Augusta yeah. situation <laughs> where everybody knows that week prices are up two hundred percent. So, like there, it's just like normal week pricing, and June's not <laughs> June's not like a great month to go to LA because of June gloom. So it's like sometimes underpricing. Um, so, anyways, I booked a place. Uh, I was excited, you know, it was a, it was a great house and. You know, probably Beverly the Hills, baby. probably the best house that we've ever stayed in. Um, and we had a big crew coming. We have a big crew coming out. Um, and anyways, I was uh, messaging with the host because uh, Matt from our team needs to get in early, um, or is getting in before four p.m. So I'm asking for an early check-in, and he messages me back like, "How many people are coming?" And then he and I'm like, and I and he's like, he's like, "Can I call you?" And I'm I'm just like, "Oh." This doesn't sound good. I'm like, yeah, yeah call a week me. before. Um, so he calls me and he's like, well, you know, what what exactly are you doing? How old are you? You know, like, you know, these questions. And he's and he's like, so here's the deal. There's there's a there's a Airbnb renter in our house right now. And he's very he's very sick or he's, he's incapacitated. It's he's not, immobile. He's not, not, not dying. 
but he's he's got the he's got a uh, a, a per- full time nurse there right now, and he cannot travel. He cannot move. He is he cannot leave the residence. So anyway, would he be interested in sitting in on a live recordings of the shotgun start as we come to town next week? So I'm like, oh, this sounds terrible. I'm, and he's like, so I've got this other house. It's a few miles away. I think I t- it told you about it when you booked the place. And he did tell me about it. And I was like, this is in our budget. So it turns out that the man that's, <laughs> that's stuck in the house, because he's stuck in the house, the guy's like, you got to get out. I got this other renter coming in. He he is uh, he's paying the difference between our house difference and this other house. We've gotten upgraded because of the misfortune of this this gentleman in the one house that is needing around the clock nurse care has upgraded us to a different house, and, and this is it's going to make us look absurd because it is not this this budget. This is not in the budget whatsoever. It is. It is a. There are a lot of zeros attached to the the upgrade of this house. <laughs> but it sounds like he had this guy in, in a pickle where he could not. So you know, in our we are we are the ones that have um, the fallen yeah. backwards into it. Yeah. So that's your B Dratty house next week. We're going to be living large somewhere around, I don't know, Los Angeles area. We won't give out the address, but but an amusing story. It sounds like we have quite the view. There we go. Maybe we're next door to LeBron. Have him over, you know, invite invite some, yeah. some famous people. Over. See, see oh. which uh, which championship team he's hopping to next year <laughs> in his ring chasing. You know, can't win, can't win when he's the front uh, office LeBron. Um, You know, you talked about getting ready for... <laughs> the u.s open and how you're frustrated by like you know golf i gotta say yesterday we started this podcast you know we cover the sacred and the profane and everything we have fun with a lot of the silly stuff and in peripheral it was such a heartwarming kind of snapback amusement moment for me to look up on the tv in my office espn plus and see omar uresti <laughs> on featured groups just scraping it around and that's just like, that's why we love doing this podcast, why we love the absurdity of the PGA Tour. He's fallen, talk about falling ass backwards into a nice little situation. Omar Uresti in featured groups with Rory McElroy and Justin Rose. I thought it was hilarious. There was like uh, several articles. Of, um, Rory talked about how he and Rose were talking about the, uh, you know, the merger or whatever, the, the business stuff on the first fairway. And they're like, nope. We got to shut up. We let's just focus on our golf and, and like let's talk about other stuff. And we'll talk about that when we get in for lunch. Like this, let's set a ground rule for the round. I was just like, why wasn't Omar? Omar doesn't consult it. Like Omar just might as well not exist. He was in the three ball, but his name wasn't even mentioned. They're I, doing group scores. Great to see Omar involved next week with Rory. I saw the press conference schedule is out. I might ask Rory who's got a better game, Blocky or Omar? Who's the better club pro? Oh, we have a game. <laughs> <laughs> we have a game within the game here on Friday as we record between Blocky Block, and Omar. Blocky's playing today. He's getting back on the horse. He had a tough start, so uh, he's three over for the for the championship. Omar's for the open. four two over. under on the round. 
So game within the game, Omar Uresti versus Michael Block. I mean, DraftKings should be doing head-to-heads and touting that if they, they had any sense. So good to see that again. Uh, do you have any other thoughts on a non-merger talk or anything like that you want to hit on? I mean, should the Can- Canadian Open secede from the PGA Tour at this point? Should they just say we're Why? better? We're mean? better. We're better off without you. <laughs> Our week is cursed. We just get dumped on. At one point, we were considered the fifth major, <laughs> and and now I've... we've been relegated to this event that just has news dumps and is the God. is the symbol of hypocrisy, the shining example, and will be for the rest of the history. Of the PGA Tour will be remembered as the time that Jay Monahan came on and, and talked about 9-11 families. And one year later, joined up with the... Yeah, the, it really... The, <laughs> like, that's, that's the legacy that we've earned since we joined in with the PGA Tour. And RBC just jumping cash, multiple sponsorships, multiple, tons of players. I mean, it's better now than it used to be. Remember, it was a week after the British Open and zero, nobody would come flying back. Like nobody would come to that. Uh, but yes, it it feels like they, they should be put in a better spot. Andrew Novak leads as we talk. Um, could you get Andrew Novak out of a lineup? <laughs> Absolutely not. We have a good shotgun. We have a good SGS golf advice question on that, right? Oh yeah, we got similar. It. It's, of, not a, of it's, like, not a que- it's not a question. It's story more, about more of a story. Um, you know, I'll be able to pick like a Shank lineup or a Novak lineup. Pretty good story coming. And and I don't want to get over my skis here with uh, excitement and and such, but uh, in terms of, I think it was a banner day yesterday for. Um, the PGA Tour U and and the reason that yeah. that um, the changes have been made and um, you know long overdue where Ludwig Aberg has a card for winning PGA Tour U, other members of the top five have a Corn Ferry Tour card not just for this year but the next year, and you look at you know round one scores Ludwig Aberg shoots three under he's in the top twenty, um, you've got uh, Adrian Dumont to Chart. Uh, number three, former Illini, uh, Belgian, another Belgian Illini. He shoots five under on the Corn Ferry Tour. And Frank Biondi. Uh, Fred. Fred Biondi. I don't know Fred why I Frank. always want to call him Frank. Yeah. Um, yep. He shoots seven under. He's, you know, in the mix. And, and obviously, the, they're going in second round. So, like, you know, the, the positioning's all out of whack at this point. But he shoots seven under and he is, you know, squarely in the mix at um, at the Corn Ferry Tour event. And, in you know, it's just the idea and that we saw this last year, like with guys, you know, Kevin, Yu and uh, Pearson Cootie immediately were contending in in Corn Ferry Tour events. You know, some struggle like Logan McAllister talked about on the fried egg pod, how how it was hard. Expectations are hard. There's a lot of pressure. You feel like you you need to go right in and be a world beater, and he struggled. But the fact is, these guys have the talent and and should be placed into these situations to get them up to the tour. In Ludwig Aberg's uh, case, on the tour, it's exciting. It is a new name. It it adds like I think Ludwig like for the main for like a casual fan, he adds nothing. But for a junkie fan, for somebody excited 
that, that watches, you know, and follows PGA Tour golf week in, week out. There may be less of those people uh, around than b- before this week, but Ludwig Aberg adds some spice to this tournament. It's an added storyline. And that's the type of stuff that the tour needs, especially in these weeks where it's not really the most exciting event, even though it's a, an event with rich history. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, how many Eli and I are in the field next week? Do you know? You mentioned Duchart. Uh, I was just wondering. Uh, Hardy's in. Um, oh, that's because we're gonna have a game within the game. BC got a kid in. Christian Cavalier. I, uh, I don't know if uh, we're gonna have a game within the game. BC got a snuck a guy in for, versus uh, via qualifying. Um, so. Peters, I think Peters is in. He's got to be in, yeah. right? I think so. Um, yeah, top. Top whatever. Yeah, he was top fifty probably at the right Let's time. So. Um, You're gonna have a couple. We'll do a game within the yeah, game next in. week for my qualifier. Dietrich's okay. not. Um, so it's just I think yeah, it's he was just Hardy. And okay. um shot sixty one, right? Springfield was like seventy two, sixty one or something like that. Crazy. He 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 he's automatic at Springfield. Almost automatic. Zone. Yeah. He's at uh, US Open's good good um Nick Hardy week like that's a that's a proper Nick Hardy um type setup right I think yeah. he's one of those like obviously he won Zurich with Davis Riley but yeah he played really well at the country club last year um and he's always played you know even back to his amateur days he's played well in U.S. Opens I think when it's not like a a birdie fest it is better for Nick Hardy uh, and it might be right. a birdie well, fest next week I'm hearing a lot of reports about how soft the golf course is. That um, really, well, they've been uh, fixated on making it green. And one of the other things is, you know, I saw some pictures from someone there yesterday. I was like, that looks like a different course than was in our fried egg preview video, almost color wise. Yeah, it's um, obviously a different time of year. We shot that in the in the fall and winter. Um, so you know the grass has changed colors there, um, but sure the um, there has been a great. emphasis on attempting to manipulate the rough because of a you know it it hasn't been a warm spring and in, into summer so the rough hasn't grown so you know instead to of make just it more penal yeah instead of just letting something happen we're 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 manipulating some stuff um, in order to uh to try attempt to grow it and and in the meantime the problem that's plaguing the rough is now plaguing you know the the firmness of the golf course which is absolutely insane um we'll, we'll get on the ground we're gonna have to do yeah some ball well, drops I, in the, the rough good, and ball on the, the go good ahead. news is that you know there it looks like the the forecast is we've got some sun in the forecast it, the problem okay. with that area is if the marine layer hangs in there there's no wind to dry out the golf course and there's no sun mm-hmm. to dry out the golf course and that can be something this time of year and um you know it's just i don't know when the when the USGA takes the keys from the from the host superintendent but that can't come soon enough it seems like um, uh, I'm also getting some troubling reports of a potential backboard bumper, bumper ball situation. I'm not going to say where yet. I want to get out there, see it myself. I don't want others co-opting the getting well, troubling. You could have, reports. you'd have, you'd have all the, uh, media members running out there. Yeah. Sunday. Uh, you won't believe Do they let this, in, this do they let us in on Sunday? I don't think so. I don't think so. 
not uh, there's no drive chip and putt like at Augusta. That's how we get in there. But um, I don't think I don't think they let us in until Monday morning. I, I a troubling bumper uh, backboard. I, I'm hearing about. Hey, so we'll, how about we'll and- we haven't even talked about it? How about a, a former Illini great shooting 59 while we're on the Illini topic? Who was that? Michael Fegels. Fegels. That's who it was. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's right. Good job. Kind of an amazing way he got around there. Yeah. 59. Um, All right. Do we want to talk about the merger thing at all? (laughs) I think we should. It's been a long week. But I'll say we're clearly at a point where both sides are running to claim victory. Jimmy Dunn, I, I, I said on Wednesday, it seemed like he was not taking interviews. He was turning them down. And Jay was being thrust out there and kind of getting pummeled. He has taken some interviews. Jimmy Dunn has is, is, is popped up and he has done interviews with Sports Illustrated. He was on Golf Channel for 25 minutes with a, a quote that went viral about how he would kill <laughs> kill them himself. Anyone uh, involved in 9-11? Um, you know, I'm quite certain I've had conversations with a lot of knowledgeable people that the people I'm dealing with from the PIF had nothing to do with the 9-11 attacks. And if someone could find someone that unequivocally was involved with it, I'll kill him myself. We don't have to wait around. So that was went viral. But uh, I think more pertinent is is he is certainly trying to to push back on the narrative that the Saudis bought golf and the Saudis now own this deal. Um, I was ineloquent or in you know not eloquent when talking about right of first refusal on the other the whatever Wednesday pod, but. I mean, the Saudis are still have the ability, right? And if another that company decides to come in and and pump money into it, they can say no, and we'll match that. It it kind of reminds me of a of a startup that's venture capital based um, setup, where. Sure, like you know, let's talk about Omari Rusty. We're talking venture capital based. Sure, startup. sure, okay. like the venture capital firm doesn't have a um, doesn't run the day to day operations, but when it comes to big picture things, direction, um, some larger decision making of the tour or of the company, the VC has a very, very big influence and sometimes can can be, you're doing this because we wrote you this check. Um, here's an article or a quote in a Golf Digest article by Matthew Rudy, who spoke to some business types, the kind of person you might be talking about right now. Interesting quote. This is Bruce Welty, who started and sold multiple logistics companies, robotics for, for several billion dollars. Quote, does the PGA Tour think it won because it is effectively a monopoly and will now be backed by unlimited money? Maybe. But money always wins. If the Saudis can block other investments and continue to buy unlimited shares, they basically have preemptive rights. They're business people. It's hard to imagine a scenario where they would give basically unlimited funds and not put themselves in a position where they can take control of their investment. That is, uh, I think, a narrative that is, is is kind of in the post game analysis. Another narrative is Alan Shipnuck's article on Live. Just I don't know. I, I don't know what like Live One, Live sticking around, Live 
Liv is the well, Liv is the, the boss SI, now. Then the SI and then yeah, that's where I'm going. Completely the opposite. Yeah. So there's dueling sort of frame framings happening. And SI talked to to Jimmy Dunn, Michael Rosenberg, who I mean, this is kind of the opposite of what I just read in that that Golf Digest quote from that uh, you know impar- you know third party businessman just looking from the outside. Here are the bullet points in Michael Rosenberg. You should read it, sportsillustrated.com. The tour will still be called The Tour. Commissioner Jay Monahan now oversees Live. The tour remains a partner of the DP World Tour. Monahan has told El Romayan they will evaluate Live at the end of the year. Monahan wants to disband Live, and Live golfers want to play on the tour. Monahan and the current tour leaders have to approve the terms. Uh, penalties to the tour will be significant, it is presumed. Piff is not actually contributing anything directly to the tour or its players. It will get right of first refusal, as we've, we've mentioned. What does that mean? Here's their example, their framing. Let's say the tour wants to buy Pebble Beach. Piff has the rights to be its partner. The tour will be controlling partner in any investments. Controlling partner. I, but the other guys Bank spend rolling. the money. I mean, controlling there is kind of a, a, I don't know. It's There's there's an official term and there's probably an unofficial control, I guess. Uh, PIF has not promised a single dollar in investments and the tour has not promised the Saudis anything other than right of first refusal. No guarantee of tournament sites or sponsorships or anything else. It is presumed, obviously, that the Saudis will want to be involved as financially as they can be. And the tour will welcome sponsorship opportunities with its new investment partner. Uh, Dunn says, we don't know is the honest answer. It's not an ironclad, this is how it's going to be kind of thing. The lowest they will do is billions. Um, I just think there, there, there's, there's there's a lot of unknowns here still, obviously. how the, And people are trying to frame this as best as they can. Um, obviously, the tour is trying to save a little bit of, of face because it's been a pretty significant backlash to it that I'm not sure they expected, or at least the architects didn't expect. Uh, yeah, I, I mean... And more, more and more clear to me is also just like, getting done with the legal stuff and whether that was costs or discovery or both seems to be I, a it really seems like the discovery impetus. is more so than the cost a lot of people have pushed back on the cost like if they're spending a yeah. million dollars a month that's not gonna sink the budget of the pga tour it's clear that that something else was the impetus for this and i think like i think the financial situation with with the elevated events um or designated and the increased purses wasn't great i don't think that was like a but i don't think that was an untenable situation i don't think like the shot clock was running out on that i don't think the shot clock was running out because of legal costs i think the shot clock was running out because we were about to get um into a lot of messy things in discovery and I would say, I would just, I, you know, my reading on it, this all comes back to the OWGR. And when we, when we look at what, you know, what caused this all to happen, I, I think there was significant collusion around the world rank golf rankings. And that was where, you know, that intertwines the USGA, the PGA, the, the Augusta National. Um, you know, that, that in itself, right. Two of the three guys that brokered this deal are Augusta national members. Hurley and Dunn. Yeah. So, 
read what you want, but like I don't, I can't imagine that that club wanted to go through discovery, um, given their stance on a lot of things. Um, and as for, I think like <laughs> I wanted to talk, I guess a little bit about this, and this was supposed to be a short episode that didn't talk about this stuff, but we're here. Um, this this uh, sentiment that like oh the, the this deal's gonna get blocked and that being good for for anybody that's rooting for the PGA Tour like getting blocked by the DOJ DOJ because people just want don't want this to fall apart cheering for this to fall apart you mean yeah like what yeah. happens if this falls apart like how if we game if we game that out like nine times out of ten. You know what's going to happen? All the guys are going to live. Right. Like this is you you don't want though though at this point where we've gotten to there's zero faith in the PGA Tour amongst players. If this falls apart, there will be a mass exodus to live. So, what's yeah. better? This arrangement and I I'm not saying that this arrangement's great. But it's far better than live being the, you know, if you're talking about just from a moral you know, um, and I'm very skeptical of the control that the PGA Tour has. I'm I'm extremely skeptical. But I was thinking about this last night. Just like, well, it's a disaster if if this if they if they block the deal, it like falls the, apart. Complete disaster. It's it's worse. So like right. you know, right. again, this yeah. goes back to where we've gotten to and how we got backed into this corner where somehow I'm finding myself rooting for this not to get broken up at this point. Because then the tour, the tour made the the fear of say before Wilmington, where the tour was maybe on existential. On that that probably happens. Rom is gone, or more cows gone. Like every go. one of these yeah. guys is gone. You They've already burned us. We're dark. going to get our cash. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. all of them are gone. All of them. Yeah. So that's a separate issue. All right. One other thing on the blockage, DOJ. and this is just yeah. this is a this is a legal, you know all perspective this everybody's talking about how this is going to get blocked how there's a monopoly you know blah 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 so anyways the i got some legal count uh counsel i guess on this topic and and it this uh, opinion it's an opinion is that there's no way this is going to get blocked because of really two big things it's not causing any harm to labor in fact it's better for labor Usually monopolies, you know, get blocked because of the harm on labor or consumers, fans. So in terms of labor, the post-merger deal uh, will involve guaranteed payments to players. That is a labor right that a large portion of market does not enjoy. So like as an LLC, as a for-profit, they will be able to ensure guaranteed payments to players. That's a big advantage to labor. Um so the labor right, a large portion of the market does not enjoy, and it's clearly important to many players. Currently, players cannot capture their full market value through contracts with the PGA Tour. Really, this merger is a way that the tour can adopt a more conventional and normal payment system that is perfectly legal in the MLB, M- uh, MLB, NBA, NFL, et cetera, et cetera. The consumers. There is a very clear case that a unified single tour of the best players is probably what the fans want. Almost every other market has a single large international league, NBA, MLB, hockey, NFL, even soccer has the Champions League. The DOJ 
really can't claim that splitting up the top talent across a multitude of tours is good for the fans. If we force the NBA to split up or divide in, in the name of reducing monopolistic effect, no one would be, uh, no one would say it's a good trade-off. Yeah. Other tours. This is another part. A, they're merging with a tour that didn't have a, a television deal, uh, like a, a widespread television deal that had no viewership. This is not two massive tours. This is effectively a tour that was burning cash, joining up with the successful tour. This was not like a, this was not two Goliaths joining up. That's one aspect of it. But other tours, I think it's a cred- it's credible that the merger doesn't harm the other competitive t- leagues. The Asian tour, the Thai tour, the Japan tour. There's no horizontal agreement to exclude or harm them in any way. They will continue to operate much like they did just two years ago when they had uh, when almost all the world's best played on the PGA tour. So two years ago, this arrangement was the arrangement we're going back into. And it didn't do, nobody was crying that they were being harmed by the PGA tour then. And they won't now arguably it's good for them because a smaller, leaner top level tour might actually decrease the number of uh, competing tournaments they face. If that makes sense. Um, Other uh, last uh, one, last thing. Um, Other majors, antitrust cases almost always involve obsession over market share. Well, the majors act as existing competition that no other sport really faces. If I were live, I'd argue that if this monopoly, uh, if this is monopolistic, then so virtually every other is every other sports organization. Right. Which, I mean, you you can you can argue that they are, but not like in official sort of terms, right? I mean, it's yes. We on a podcast on an unofficial, informal way. Yeah, I mean the NFL is kind of a monopoly. I don't know, right? You want yeah. you want a dominant league here, but in it for, by the letter, sort of antitrust. Uh, it may you know that's a separate category, separate probably distinction and, and threshold. Um, love talking about this. That sounds like some good legal advice you got there. Some good good well, good legal minds chipping that- in. There there are experts though, like very smart economists, Columbia professors who are saying this is a violation too. I mean there's there's a lot of people trying to frame it both ways. I mean, yeah, I think there are going to be people, but there's I don't, you know, I I can't foresee when you start to think about it that way. I can't foresee this being blocked. Yeah. And then there are the conspiracy theorists that say Joe Biden and Anthony Blinken <laughs> want to give the Saudis a win here, and they're not going to let their DOJ block it. One other humor- there's all sorts of people. One other humorous aspect of this is that the the PGA Tour also sent out a survey to their fan council. No, really? Yeah. So they sent out a, a you know, <laughs> we get into this tough uh, tough situation. And uh, and and you know what? Let's send out. <laughs> it's like TaylorMade asking for ball advice or rollback advice. Let's send out a, a a PGA Tour survey to our fan council. You know, and we're in this time of. Uh, you know, the best <laughs> part is the the fan council people sending the survey out didn't know it was coming. Oh no! Right? Yeah, of course, nobody did. So. <laughs> Does the these are the types of questions in the survey to fans? Does the announcement of the unification of the PGA Tour 
DP World Tour and PIF's golf-related commercial businesses impact your interest to the of the PGA Tour? You know, uh, does the unification impact your interest of the DP World Tour? Does it? Does it? Is it ultimately good for the game of golf? They're asking fans these questions. What are they going to do with these answers? I don't know. Like it's going to matter. Forward them to Jimmy Dunn. <laughs> Again, it goes Here's back some to market this, research. To this point, if this deal falls through, what happens? Yeah, doesn't seem like doesn't seem like the specifics are are they're light on specifics, but I don't think it's going to fall through. Yeah, and hey, I don't think you can. I don't think you want to root for the deal to fall through. Golf. I think that, that would. I think the deal falling through. I you don't know exactly how it would play out, but I don't think it would play out well for the tour. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, this was just a WhatsApp message to Yasser, and then seven weeks later, we're here, and they've rushed it out with a lot of, without a lot of specifics. And if it falls through, it could mean the end of the tour. <laughs> like that's kind of like how this has happened very fast. Uh, timeline. What'd you make of uh? What's your personal opinion of the Dunn SI framing? I mean, it is, he was, you know, if live golfers, you were celebrating, if you were crowing, you have no leverage. Your option is to go crawl back to Jay Monahan more or less or plan B. And there is no plan B anymore without the piff in their corner. Um, live golfers is celebrated. It's time to go. The, the, the kicker is, well, Jay Monahan will see them in his office and on his terms. Um, I, I believe my opinion is that 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 article is at one extreme end of the outcomes. Um, Alan Shipnucks, I felt like was more of a fantasy world on the other extreme end. And, you know, with these things, typically something in the middle happens, right? Yeah. It's, I mean, these are real, like real reporters doing real reporting. They're getting, they're getting it. This is, these are people's viewpoints and info that they're getting like, for sure. Not nothing. I'm a, I, I talked about this on the fried egg podcast we released this week, but I don't think team golf is going away. I no. think, I think that that when you look at, you know, the next five years and where the tour might go, I think that's super interesting. And I think it, I think there's some potential there. I don't think there was potential necessarily in the way Liv was running it because the teams didn't make any different, make any anybody feel anything. But also, if you started to attach those teams to cities, I think there's like a real, you know, a real product there. So I don't necessarily believe that like the idea of Liv in in the in the team format is just shutting down, right? I could see that team format mechanism that they had built being yeah. revamped. Now, what that has to do with the live players, I don't know. What that has to do, what how that shakes out with PGA Tour, the top PGA Tour players, I don't know. But I don't necessarily think that's dead. And so, like, no. I would take that SI piece on is is one end of the spectrum, like the most pro PGA Tour outcome reading framing of it alan yes. shipnucks is you know like live took over the you know the live seems the complete opposite end of the spectrum maybe even further than the opposite end of the spectrum um 
and and it's gonna be somewhere in between where like again i don't i don't foresee the penalties being that stiff like we've seen this organization dole out penalties well i think what if it's more of more of just it's not the penalties that's stiff but the perks for the non-defectors are more significant like the equity stake you're talking about with equities in this new entity like that's more of the issue you don't get a chance at the equity you're not getting penalized but you're well let's just take the team aspect of this for as an example if if they kept the team thing around if they expanded the teams to 20 teams five players per team uh, i read that there's eight teams with equity stakes right so those eight guys keep their team equity stake that weren't went over to live then the tour can award 12 players equity stake in a team and in a team all of a sudden you know, are there 12 players worthy of that on the PGA Tour? I don't know. You know, some some fringe guys are going to get a, uh, a team that probably aren't, you know, necessarily worth yeah. getting a team. But at the same time, it allows them to reward those guys that were critical in their loyalty. And Damn. and then all of a sudden, like, do we like live a lot more if there's a hundred players in in the in the format and there's trades like there's actual structure you know with the PGA Tour we know how many meeting rooms there are behind the moat we know how many employees there are could they actually stand up this league I think that they 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 might be able to do something that's pretty fascinating like last episode the Matt Wolf team thing like that's kind of gold. Like the team format, like the idea of like dissension within teams and and like that is I would love a boss to coach to get to a place with golf where we had some some more drama. If if these teams are squaring off against each other, there's like I we were we talked about this when Liv came out. There is a an interest in this aspect of golf that is untapped and doesn't have a home. I don't necessarily believe that this means that this this idea. I'm not saying it's going to be live. It could be a different. I believe. Yeah, it's in sticking team. around. I believe in the team format. I didn't believe in the people administering the last team format of live. Sure. Like chuckle. Yeah. Chuckle. Like yeah. if if you get some smart people, I believe that the team format could really thrive. It does seem like. Uh... Yasser also, more importantly, does believe in team golf and he seems to have some influence now. So that 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 does seem like it. I uh I don't know. I think it's been good for the tour, good for the players, probably that Dunn has come out and started talking and Jay's no longer out there. Um as of Wednesday night, I was hearing like you know, whatever. Nobody knows anything. Nobody knows for sure how but it would seem that that the deal and Jay were both kind of tilting more towards the side of being in trouble um i don't know if that's starting to cool down and people are just coming to terms with what's happened i don't know we'll see maybe what do you think of Cheston hadley i think he was joking maybe i thought i think he maybe he's not i think he was doing a bit no yeah i do i mean if he's not of course crush him for being delusional I think he, Chesson Hanley is kind of a goofball. I think he might have been doing a bit. What was his quote? What do you say? He's like, I want my, I want to be rewarded for, for staying loyal, or something. For my loyalty. Do you think Liv was knocking on Chesson Hadley's door? 
I mean, what is that? An extra voucher to dining or something? What does he want? Um, I think he was doing a bit, but that, like everything else, I've, nobody knows for sure. Somebody needs to ask him if it was a bit, because if it was a bit, I would say I think he might be my new favorite player. If that was a bit, <laughs> he was sort of doing this deadpan look that it made me think he was he was just kind of messing with people. He was but either I being be extraordinarily serious or incredible incredible delivery. <laughs> Um, hey, speaking of team golf, we'll do this quick news, then get to golf advice. Uh, we have our first team for TGL, the Los Angeles Golf Club, owned by Venus Serena Williams and the um, founder of Reddit, Alexis Ohanian. Or Ohanian. I don't know how you pronounce that, but um, I don't know what to make of it. I don't know what to make of where TGL is going. I don't it understand like it will, what it really is. It's, uh, you know, interactive arena golf. Six. Uh, everybody's bought in. All these players, players and celebrities, but now they own a franchise more than all the investors in the larger league. They own a single solitary franchise. I does got, that mean the hard thing is there's no? What's the LA team? What am I supposed to get excited about? Right? Is that like Morikawa? He's a Southern California kid. Yeah. That kind of Homa kind of thing. Like what? Um, what does that mean? Is what I'm saying. We'll like, see. We'll see. They announced this stuff and all of it is like under this like veil of uncertain, like veil of and like, what does this mean? Like, I, I don't know what how to feel like this is big news. I'm supposed to be excited, but I have no clue. Like it's rolled out as this big news, but there's no I don't understand what it even means. I follow the sport for a living. Well, yeah, they don't they're not. Yeah. They don't have a, a proof of concept or an existing product yet. Well, it's there. not even they, they haven't even really explained what the product is. Right. A lot of they, big names, a lot of big money. Yeah. Involved. It's just names and money on a okay, that sounds great. That's great. I I applaud I, I'm excited that the the Williams sisters are involved in the in in the sport. I'm excited that they own the LA franchise. Is there what's can I can I put my name in the hat for the chicago franchise <laughs> yeah go for it you want to own it operate it what's that cost you know <laughs> what if reinsdorf ends up with it oh that'd be bad disaster ricketts ricketts and reinsdorf <laughs> dan snyder Ch- got Chief out of the ass. commanders to buy into cgl who we should put together the worst uh collection <laughs> dan gilbert um Sar- robert sarver <laughs> Oh, God. Dan Snyder. <laughs> Sterling. Sterling comes back. Uh, Is Sterling's still alive, Donald Sterling. <laughs> um, yeah, there's some good ones. Uh, Should we get to golf type. advice? Yeah, but let's do an ad read for Athletic Greens. Are you bringing, can you travel, bring our travel packs to our fancy new home in Los Angeles? We need to outfit it. We got to bring our Athletic Greens travel packs to the Dratty House. Um, and when you go to the URL, make sure we got the right one here. Uh, fr- athleticgreens.com slash shotgun. When you go there, you sign up for Athletic Greens, AG1. You get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs, which I need you to brain. Or I'll brain some, I guess. I need a shaker bottle. I, mess, I, mess, I, got I forgot my extra, shaker bottle for Augusta. One. Oh, okay. There I'll you bring go. You, Thank you. I'll, I'll bring, bring my packs. You. you bring me a shaker bottle. Maybe we'll do some they, social. Yeah, I lost bro. mine. They they were nice enough to send me two new ones. 
Okay, I'll bring some travel packs. You get five free travel packs and a one-year supply of vitamin D when you use athleticgreens.com slash shotgun. This will be our uh, our morning routine next week Next week in LA. Uh, it's our foundational nutrition drink in the morning. Gets you going. Don't have to chase certain vitamins or supplements throughout the day. You have a good base. Supports the immune system. And uh, yeah, AG1 by Athletic Greens. covers uh, you, you cover your nutritional bases uh, in a quick, easy, kind of convenient way. They've been a great partner to us. We're kind of, we're on it. We're hooked, right? Morning routine. Yeah, I, I, I notice the days I don't take it, you know? And I'll say, I said this for the first time we did it. I was a little, I was a little apprehensive. Like this is going to taste like garbage, dirt, mud, leaves. It's completely fine, right? It's completely fine. I would say it's like tastiest drink, but it's not a bad. I've seen some, I've seen some influencers that uh, on Instagram that make like uh, athletic greens recipes. Oh, cool. I could see that. See that. All right. They are sponsoring golf advice today uh our first advice is sign up at athleticgreens.com slash shotgun you want to read the emails you want to you want to read your one that you 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 said you couldn't pick out andrew novak out of a lineup i couldn't either couldn't you know the shank lineup was last year but he's more recognizable what's the email anonymous at the vedanta mexico open (laughs) is the title here all right my wife and i want a lot lower stakes than the guy in Beirut, but we'll see where we go with this. Okay. My wife and I won a trip to Mexico at a fundraiser back in 2020, but due to a pandemic, uh, to the pandemic, the trip got pushed back to 2022. I'm a real golf sicko, but I truly had no idea that we were staying at the resort where they were hosting the Mexico Open until I called the book my tea time for the week. I was disappointed. <laughs> That I wasn't going to be able to play golf that week. But I think Eh, my wife was even more disappointed that we were now going to spend a day of our vacation following mostly PGA B, PGB tour players around a very uninteresting course. Keep in mind, we are from Tulsa. Shout out Bunky Perkins. (laughs) Is this Bunky? No, it's not Bunky. And we were just weeks away from spending an entire week doing nothing but enjoying the PGA PGA. (laughs) Championship. She was not thrilled. (laughs) That's good. We had a few amusing run-ins with various players throughout the week, seeing Hafino at Hibachi and at the pool with his family, drinking margaritas with downtrodden Bryce Garnett, being literally (laughs) the only person on Todd Watch on the golf course. Seeing Ben Crane <laughs> a sicko out there. Seeing Ben Crane scoot through the airport Saturday morning after an MC. I've never seen him move so quickly. <laughs> but this week's story about the amateur slipping into the players only meeting in Toronto made me think <laughs> about my favorite run in from that week. On Wednesday night before the tournament, we were on our way to celebrate our anniversary at one at the more upscale restaurant at the resort. I'm fairly generic. I'm a fairly generic looking white guy, about five ten <laughs> and 170 pounds. <laughs> I was probably even wearing my dratty sport polo. Oh, well, this guy's a this. I love this guy. Todd Watch, dratty supporter. 
Self-deprecation, man after my own heart. Go ahead. As we waited for the elevator up to the restaurant, we noticed four players and their caddies walking in. Caddies with the bags in tow, the players with oversized embroidered advertisements on their shirts and collars. Again, I watched a ton of golf, but the only player that I could immediately place was Grayson Sig. Sig and two two of the players split off with the four caddies, but one player in particular said that he was going upstairs because Chez told him that the food was pretty good. As the guy hops on the elevator, he nods and says hello. I ask, so what time are you going off in the morning? He mentions he got an early late draw and would be going off just after eight. Deadpan, he turns to me and asks, what about you? (laughs) Who are you paired with? In a tour full of mules, not even the mules can recognize their own. (laughs) That's a good story. I'm also proud to report Andy's pick that week of John Rahm netted me some serious pesos in my one-and-done league. The gambling pod knows no borders. That's a pretty good story. I mean, that, that just, I mean, it's emblematic of just this cruise ship of an organization they have where you've got amateurs in the player meeting, kids just laughing their ass off, have no, <laughs> and guys asking it some random guy from Tulsa, what time are you off tomorrow? <laughs> pretty good. All right, next one from a friend, a very close friend of the program, someone we're on text chains with, um, but signed his email as Blocky. But, uh, hi, SGS boys. I received a troubling report out of my high school alma mater and would like your perspectives. The short summary of the situation is that my high school used to play on a decent private golf course in the Midwest city. I don't think members loved having us there. My team no longer practices and plays there as as of maybe a couple of years ago. This spring, our team was playing a nine-hole match on like a Tuesday night at the club. Apparently, members still allow some matches on the course for either my alma mater or opponent that night. Anyway, some members teed off behind the nine-hole match, disgruntled at the pace of play, decided to hop to the back nine where no high schoolers could be found, in theory. Some player had to drive a couple fairways over, and it ended up directly in front of the members about to tee off. The high schooler walked in front of the members to play his approach shot... (laughs) without waiting for the members to tee off. Now, the subject of this is a right of play, the subject of this email. The member shited him with something mild like, hey, buddy, we're about to hit. How about some etiquette here? Long story short, evidently the coach is a hothead, took offense to the members telling his player what to do, and exploded with an expletive-laced tirade. Doesn't seem wise. I, I get his frustration, but maybe that's an overreaction. The president of the club found out and confronted him. Things escalated and authorities were either called or the club threatened to call the police because the coach would not leave. Reportedly, members started showing up to the Feels club like just to watch. Feels like this guy's not a very good role model. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Reportedly, members started showing up to the club just to watch the situation unfold. You know, rubbernecking. The coach has been fired. My question, what is the etiquette, etiquette between members and high school golfers during a match on a private golf course? Should the members have let the kid play a shot before teeing off because it's a high school match? And would the etiquette change if this were an 18-hole tournament on a Saturday? Do other And then last, do either of you want to coach a high school golf team in the Midwest? Sounds like there's an open. I, I would What's love, the etiquette here? One of, my dream, uh, one of my dreams is to be a high school golf coach. I, lo- I would love to. Be so fun. Um, anyways, but... You got to dream bigger, buddy. Well... 
I'm kidding. It'd I'm be kidding. so fun after. You can do that. You can do it. Go do it. I can only be part time right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know. The second half, the the more important part of this. If you're a member of the club, you know, and you're hosting these kids for matches, Chill. let the kids play. Go somewhere else. Go chip and putt. It's probably a late afternoon on the weekday. What what the hell is wrong with you? This is what drives me insane about clubs all the time. Is like, you know, you're in a foursome. It's like fr- it's like Thursday afternoon and some single rolls up behind you. And it's like they're they just sit and troll behind you. Go somewhere else. You don't have to play the course in order all the time. You yep. play there all the time. Go do something different for once. Stop being a robot at your club. Play a different tee box. Go play. Go jump ahead. Yeah. You don't have to play one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine in order every time. Go play the twelfth hole. Come back and play those holes later. Well, like just get that get was the, the issue. This kid hit into their fairway though, right? And that's what they're pissed about. I know, but you still got to see. I think the right yes, of way is to the match. You're, you've yeah. invited these people. The decision's been made. You've invited the people. Do not inconvenience them. Let the kids play a match. The the match means so much to these kids. Like they're nervous as shit. They are. They're grinding. They don't want to lose. They're worried about you know yep. a girl that won't talk to them, and you know they they've got way more on their minds. Then you are out enjoying your leisurely round. And I know, like, I know people take the round serious and it's a measurement, like, but just chill. Yep. I agree. The coach also can't be going. Oh, nuts. the coach, coach, the coach deserves to be ostracized and, and <laughs> they had to call the cops or threaten to call the cops because he wouldn't leave. <laughs> what an good. idiot. <laughs> Not good. But yes, let the, the kids have the right to play the match, the, the match. Let them play. Um, one more, uh, at least one more here. Ever done before at the old course is the subject. I don't know. We're going to have to ask. We, we have some contacts at the old course. See if they can dig through the, the history books to understand if this has happened. We just wrapped up an epic golf trip to Scotland. A debate has emerged between my dad and I. We need the crew to settle a bet. We played the old course, and my dad has a memorable 18th hole. On 18, he topped his drive into the burn. I'll tell you what, that's better than hitting it into the rustics like I did and losing it. Um, he topped his drive into the burn. He then dropped behind and pounded driver off the deck around 235 yards, leaving him 92 yards to the pin, which was in the Valley of Sin that day. With atrocious wedge play all day, he busted out his putter and putted it 92 yards to the top tier of the green. He then dropped the 20-footer for bogey and celebrated as if he had won the Open. During post-round beers at the Dunvegan, he boasted that he was probably the first person ever to go driver, driver, putter, putter on 18. Um, I would, I'm just going to say that he wasn't. Okay. This is the, this, this, this is effectively. This, well, this, this is what he said. <laughs> this course has been around for 650 years. It gets a lot of play. I think it's a lot of weird stuff has happened there over time. Yeah. For exhibit B, Arna Palmer used his same two clubs in the same order in his last hole, his last tournament round at Bay Hill. I posit that surely some older golfer has done the same on the 18th at the old course. Absolutely. T- this is this is absolutely <laughs> insane to think that you did this. It'd be one thing if it was like, hey, you know, I think I'm the first person that did this at a course that opened five years ago. But this this course 
<laughs> has been around forever. The emailer is, you know, taking your side and, and we're, I think, taking his side as well against his dad said, I told him, I think the better question we ended on is whether anyone has ever gotten down in three from behind the burn with one full swing and two putts. I, I think, think that's, that's probably happened too. Yes. Yeah. I think that's probably happened. Guy, you know, who, roped it and yeah, it's putted twice. Who was so. it that almost hit it in the burn last year? That like uh, DJ. DJ, yeah. Skipped <laughs> over it. Shuffler. It. Yeah. <laughs> so if DJ yeah. almost hit it in the burn, <laughs> some other accomplished player has hit it in the burn and then hit it on the green and two putted. Like that's without a doubt has happened. <laughs> No, nothing. But, I, I applaud. Everything the pu- has happened. The putting, at the, 18th hole. the putting's cool. He did something cool, yeah. but it's not like anything unique in terms of like never happened before at that place. Now, if it was, uh, it's unique, but it's happened. I'm trying to think. It's, like, it's, may, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know where it would have to be a new course for something like that to be. Yep. A lot of play, old course. I can All tell right. you this, though. He is the first person to ever play shots in succession from the exact places that he played it. But everybody is. Right. And I think that's the right. cool thing about golf is that, like, literally nobody's ever played the round of golf that you just played ever before. So this is always true. You could always be like, true, you know bro. what? Nobody's ever played the round of golf that Should I just be. played. From the positions yep. I was throughout the day, nobody's ever hit a succession of shots in that order. Uh, all right. Everyone, enjoy your Fridays. Enjoy your weekends. Um, thank you for your continued Oh, I support. wanted more. I, I needed more info. Um, I wanted follow-up from uh, from our, our, our caddy. Beirut. Our, Beirut player. And I needed more info about the relationship. I need. I know. What's going on there? I feel, I've gotten, at night. I've gotten some texts from from some people that are very interested. All right, I'll put the call out. I sent him a I sent him a reply email that people love the story. I, we usually don't reply too much to these. I these need follow up. Dark. I need more information. I mean, what's he going back for? Yes, the that's same what girl. I, I want to know about that. I thought it was on the rocks. Maybe maybe he loved his time so much there that he's just going back a solo. Just to explore more. If you haven't listened, that was golf advice from a week ago. So it was great, a rousing great hit. story. Great story. Uh, all right, everyone, enjoy your weekends. Thanks for your continued support. Rate review the podcast if you want. You don't have to. But uh, you know, we'll be coming to you from Los Angeles next week for dailies. So lock in. We're ready to go. Talk to you then. 